0: So, the five pillars of delegation. Let's start with number one, delegating the right tasks. Now, this seems like such an easy and basic step, but it's one that so many people get wrong. Eisenhower once said that I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. But what on earth did he mean by this? Well, in a nutshell that important tasks help us to achieve our goals while urgent tasks usually help someone else achieve their goals. To pull focus on urgent tasks is completely natural, it's the thing that most of us do, but actually these urgent tasks are the ones that normally don't help get us ahead. Now that's why Eisenhower created a special matrix that showed him exactly what he should be working on and what he should be delegating to others. I recommend that you google Eisenhower matrix to pull up a picture of what I'm talking about. Eisenhower's matrix helped him to live what can only be termed as a massively productive life. His ability to sustain a high level of productivity not just for months or weeks but for years shows just how powerful his matrix is as a tool for achieving more. I use the Eisenhower matrix constantly and in fact without it I would find it really difficult to decide what I should do now, what I should do later and what I should delegate. And that's because it can be really difficult to know exactly what you should be working on and what you should be handing over. And this is where the Eisenhower matrix really comes into play. His four square grid Boosts productivity by splitting tasks into varying levels of Urgence and Importance. And it has four rules, so it's a grid, there are four sections, and in the top left we have Urgent and Important. And those are for the tasks that you need to get done right now, and you probably need to do them yourself because they match that rare cross over of Urgent and Important. Moving to the right we have important but not urgent and those are tasks that you probably should do yourself because they're important but actually they're not urgent and you can schedule them for later. Moving to the next corner we have urgent but not important and lots and lots of tasks fit into this category. Those are the tasks that you should delegate or outsource to someone else because they're not particularly important so they don't really deserve your time but they are urgent so they do need to be done and done soon. In the fourth corner we have the section that's not urgent and not important and this is where you can place tasks that you probably don't even need to do. You can probably eliminate them. Now, by placing each of the tasks on your to-do list into these four sections of the Eisenhower Matrix, you're able to see much more quickly and with much more clarity what you should be working on, what you should be working on now and what you can work on later, and most importantly, what you should be delegating to someone else. And this technique works so well for me that I use it every day, and I cannot tell you the amount of time and stress that it saved me. I massively advocate using this to truly understand the right tasks to delegate. If you don't put your tasks through this test, then the chances are sooner or later you will make a mistake when it comes to delegating and you'll delegate a task that you should really have done yourself. Or you'll delegate tasks that are urgent and important that need your level of skill or oversight. And you'll probably end up doing tasks that you could delegate yourself and consuming your time that way. Many, many entrepreneurs get things the wrong way round. And the Eisenhower Matrix is fantastic at helping bring that clarity to exactly what you should be doing yourself and what you should be delegating. So let's move on to pillar number two investing in preparation. Well, I mean a couple of things by this, actually. The first is that you need to take the time to ensure that you have everything in place so that your relationship with the people that you're delegating to won't run into any bumps further down the line. So that means making sure that you get to know each other, that you know how to communicate with each other, that you've set general expectations about how you want things to be done, and how things like deadlines, and how quickly you'd like things to be turned around. Like anything in life, the better prepared you are, the more successful you're likely to be. If you don't, the time in to prepare the relationship with your assistant or another member of your team that you're delegating to then you might find yourself having to sort these things out when you're actually delegating which can be a real headache and can very much get in the way of a successful delegation. The second thing I mean by preparation is to realize that when you delegate a task chances are you're probably going to have to do a lot more than writing out a quick email or text message saying, oh, could you do this for me? You're probably going to need to specify how to do the task. You might need to give some background information on why it's important. You might need to set a deadline. You might need to be prepared to preempt a few questions and try and answer those when you delegate the task. A lot of inexperienced delegators don't really want to do this because they see this as eating into the time that they're going to save by delegating. But actually, when you look at really experienced, successful delegators, including some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, they realize that the key to delegating is to give the person that you're delegating to the best possible chance of completing the task to a high standard. And in short, that means being prepared to put a lot of time and effort into preparing them to do the task well. If you do that, you'll have supported the person that you're delegating to, and the result is far more likely to work for you. The third pillar for mastering delegation is setting expectations. Now a lot of people think that once they delegate a piece of work or a task it's no longer their problem. Plus they believe that they'll save the same amount of time when they delegate a task that it would have taken for them to do the task themselves. Well it's taken quite a long time and helping over 16,000 entrepreneurs for me to tell you categorically that this is completely wrong. The truth is, even when you hand over a task, you are still responsible for it. Delegation really is just a kind of collaboration. You need to be able to lend support or contribute to getting that task done if necessary in order to get the task completed. And I can tell you that you are not going to save the full amount of time that it would have taken you to do the task yourself. After you factor in, preparing uh, for the task and sending over detailed instructions after you factoring in collaboration and lending your support you'll probably save just a small fraction of the time that it would have taken you to do that task. Now a lot of people when they're driven by ego view that as a reason not to delegate. We've all heard the phrase well I might as well just do it myself. It's almost taken me as long to hand this task over as it would have taken me just to do it myself. It would have been quicker to do it myself. But actually, the key is to understand what super experienced delegators and some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs understand extremely clearly, which is as long as you're saving some time when you're delegating, you're winning because you have a net time advantage. So I might have a task that would take me an hour to do myself, but I'm going to delegate it. I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing the prep and writing out really detailed instructions. I'm going to spend 20 minutes uh, supporting the person that's doing that task and guiding them and answering questions for them. So it's an hour long task, but I've only saved 30 minutes by delegating it because it took me 30 minutes to delegate but I'm still net 30 minutes up, and I have those 30 minutes back to spend on something more important. And that 30 minutes here and 10 minutes there and 20 minutes there soon adds up. But if you look at it at face value and you say, well, you know that task would take me an hour and I've already lost 30 minutes, I'm gonna do it myself, then you won't ever really see the true value in those small amounts of time that you save by delegating. You also need to set really realistic expectations. Tasks that you hand over are very unlikely to be completed perfectly. But as long as they're done reasonably quickly and reasonably correctly, you're delegating the right way. And the key really is remembering that you should only be delegating those low-value, non-critical tasks. You shouldn't really be delegating anything that's too urgent and too important because those are the ones where a small mistake are likely to have the maximum impact. The good tasks to delegate are those tasks that you can offload and if they're done reasonably well, that's good enough. The fourth delegation pillar is trust. Now, trust is often massively undervalued in the workplace but it is a very important pillar of successful delegation. Without trust our workplace relationships suffer and as a result so do our businesses and there have been lots of studies that have shown that. One of the issues here is if you're like me you've probably been taught that trust is something to be built very slowly over time So the longer you know someone, the more you can truly tell if they're trustworthy. And uh, really, this makes huge sense in many areas of our life. But when I studied super effective delegators, I found that actually they do something very different. What they do is they trust by default. So take Sir Richard Branson when he was delegating to his assistant Penny Pike he would simply trust her to deliver on the task up front. He didn't waste any time building his trust slowly over a period of months or years. He gave Penny the benefit of the doubt. And that's what I suggest you should do to aid your delegation. You see, unless you trust by default, unless you say, look, I trust you until you prove that I can't, then you will find it really difficult to truly let go of tasks, you are very unlikely to feel comfortable enough to delegate the tasks that you really ought to be delegating. Whereas if you simply say, I trust by default, you will find it much easier to hand over pieces of task and critical information that you need to hand over in order to effectively delegate. There's also a really lovely side effect to this, which is that if people feel like you don't trust them, they are highly likely to feel undervalued and, as a result, are more likely to do poorer work for you. If you make someone feel trusted by default, they are much more likely to feel empowered, to feel trusted, and to complete your work with great responsibility and to a very high standard. Let's talk about our final pillar. It's a quick one, pillar number five. Now this is a really important pillar for you to remember as you take some of this Delegation Masterclass forwards with you. And the pillar is persistence. I'm gonna tell you that when you start really trying to ramp up your delegation, you are going to have lots of failures. In fact, when you first start really trying to delegate more than you are at the present time, it's likely not to work at all the first few times you do it. You're likely to face many, many failed tasks, tasks that haven't been done on time, tasks that weren't done correctly. You're probably likely to choose the wrong people to do tasks. You're likely to choose the wrong tasks for them to do. But what I implore you to do is to keep going. Because every single time you delegate and something goes wrong, you will learn from it and you will adapt what you're doing and the next time you delegate, you'll avoid the same mistake. So many people give up on delegating because they have a few failures. But something that successful delegators do is they keep going and going and going. They don't give up, they simply change their approach for each task that they delegate. It's as if they know that delegating is so important they have to do it at all costs, and I'd really encourage you to view it as the same way. You will get knocked back, you will have failures, it will go wrong, but keep going, and I promise you it will get easier with time.